my husband and I have been married 19 years, and we clearly celebrate the other person's day differently. Like, when it's something that we're celebrating him, I feel like I go all out, but I don't receive the same sort of treatment or, you know, I don't receive the same sort of thing when it's my day. Hi. All right, Val, it's time to have an uh, expectation adjustment in your life, and we're going to talk about that today. Dr. Randy here in the Intentional Living Center, along with Jennifer, and Stephen's back. Hey, Stephen. Thanks, Amy, for your help uh, yesterday, but uh, Stephen's back uh, from his trip to beautiful Dallas, Texas. Uh, And we're going to talk about expectations today. You know, your expectations can get you into big, fat trouble in life, uh, in your marriage, your family, and is what you expect reasonable, not reasonable? And he- here's a formula. Listen, listen, this is one of the most powerful formulas you're ever going to hear on the radio, podcast, anywhere. An expectation minus the reality is always going to equal disappointment. You expect a five-star meal and you've gone to a one-star restaurant? Good luck. You're going to be disappointed. However, if, if you... Expect a one-star restaurant, and you go to a one-star restaurant, you'll probably be okay. This is what happens in marriage. This is what happens uh, in our relationships at work. This is what happens in our expectations toward our government, or our church, or our friends, or our neighbors, or our spouse, or our kids, or ourselves, or even God. And I just mentioned to Stephen here and, and Jennifer, that'd be a great message someday. What do we expect from God that's not reasonable? Do we have unreasonable expectations? You know, there's a verse in uh, Proverbs 13, 12, circle it, 13, 12 of Proverbs, that a hope or an expectation, basically, a hope that you have that is deferred, meaning it's put off or maybe just completely eliminated, but a hope deferred makes the heart sick. And a sick heart is a painful thing. It really is. And some of you are just running around with a sick heart and you've been disappointed in life. Uh, your marriage disappointed you. Your kids disappoint you. You disappoint you. Um, your work, your finances, where you are in life. You've, you, you live on um, the fuel of disappointment, and it's painful. I'll tell you what I want to do here today. We've got some callers that we've talked to. We're going to share some of those in a moment. We'll get back to hear the rest of that story from Viola. She has expectations about her birthday and anniversary, and her husband isn't meeting them. And she's going to tell you how that feels in a moment. Uh, we got some other callers we're going to try to get to. Uh, Donna called and just had her whole life is a disappointment, and she's just in pain. Uh, the callers that are telling us about expecting someone else to change is a reality. Or what do you expect in your marriage about intimacy and sex? What do you expect about being able to communicate, resolve problems? Here's my question. Here's, here's the thing I'd like to have you join. Join in the discussion with me here. We're live. I'd love to hear, what have you learned about overcoming disappointment? If you're a follower of Christ, what have you learned? And don't give me just the Christianese. I want to know how you've dealt with this. Come on. Let's just be really honest. How have you dealt with disappointment? You expected a 50-year marriage, and you got a five-year marriage. You expected your kids to grow up and uh, become pastors and missionaries, and they've rejected all the faith completely. I don't know. What is it? How have you dealt with this? Let's just, let's just get real with each other for a little bit and see if we can help each other because we got a lot of people running around with a sick heart today because a hope has been deferred. It's been put off or it's been eliminated. Let's talk. 
888-888-1717. Let's talk. My mother-in-law has moved in with us. And while it could be fraught with <laughs> landmines to step on, I am very thankful and very blessed that we all have Christ in our hearts. And what we always do is that we clarify expectations. And we've kind of made it a joke now. Okay, we're clarifying expectations. What are you expecting out of this? What am I expecting out of this? When I say this, this is what I intend, but how how is it coming across to you? It's made a big difference because so far we're about six months in and still everybody is loving each other and not despising each other. So I consider that a really good thing and I'm praying that we continue because every day is a new day and every day can bring challenges, but it can also bring amazing blessings if you're looking for it. All right, clarify expectations. Listen, that's right out of uh, basic counseling class 101. Clarify your expectations. Uh, one of the things we do in counseling, at least I do when I talk to people, is I say, do you know you even know what you expected? Wouldn't it be nice to have the top 10 lists of the things you expect about your, out of your spouse or out of marriage? And to be able to exchange that list and see if that even is reasonable for your spouse. They may say, well, I can do that, that, and that, but that one, no way, I can't do that. You might as well cross that off your expectation list, uh, or you're going you're gonna to have this kind of undercurrent of uh, disappointment in our marriage. We just had the conference in Albuquerque. We talked about it uh, yesterday. I had a great, great weekend on Saturday, Saturday night in Albuquerque. And I talked about expectations. There's four things that we focus on, and one of them is expectations. And the questions I ask was, what did you expect when you got married? And people, you know, they say, well, I expect it to be filled with joy and happiness and we were going to, it was going to be a romance and my needs were going to be met. And, and of course, when they hear themselves say it, they realize that that's kind of fantasy land, really. Um, and then we talk about the fact that what we expect sometimes gets us into trouble because it creates disappointment, which then I ask the question, how is disappointment impacting your life? How is it impacting your marriage? What are realistic expectations? We talked about that. You know, it's reasonable to expect your spouse to be faithful. That's reasonable, right? Uh, to be um, respectful, loving, non-abusive, uh, cooperative, setting goals. These are some realistic expectations, but it's not realistic to expect that they're always going to fix your problems and make you happy. That's not a reasonable expectation. So what is it uh, that uh, you've learned about expectations? The lines are busy on this one, 888-888-1717. I'll tell you what, we're going to get to your calls, but I want you to hear the rest of Viola's challenge with her husband. Uh, Viola, welcome to the show. What's your question? Well, um, my husband and I have been married 19 years, and we clearly celebrate the other person's day differently, like birthdays, Mother's Day, Christmas, you know, anniversary. When it's something that we're celebrating him, I feel like I go all out, but I don't receive the same sort of treatment or, you know, I don't receive the same sort of thing when it's my day. Like, Monday was our anniversary. We were married 19 years. And, you know, I guess our expectations are just different. Yeah. Um, I expect something 
you know, other than happy anniversary, honey, you know. And so, of course, then you feel sad that day because you didn't get that. And I, I just feel like after 19 years and expressing myself, you should already know mm-hmm. that well, listen, a little uh, more effort should be made. <laughs> uh, Viello, a friend of ours, Gary Chapman, wrote a best-selling book called The Five Love Languages. Yes. And in that book, Gary talks about the fact that each of us will have our own kind of unique love language, and it sounds like yours is is gifts. Or spending time together. Or spending you know? time together. Yes. Yeah. And what is his love language, if you've read that book? Uh, I have read that book. I think that touch is important to him. Words of affirmation are important to him. I do think that he likes spending time together, so I was kind of a little surprised when Monday we didn't plan a day together, mm-hmm. you know? Well, you're hurt by this, if I hear you. Mm-hmm. I and, feel like I'm having a little pity party, you know? And, <laughs> and you have shared this with him. Uh-huh. Many times. Yeah. This has happened so many times. Yeah. Well, I, I, we know we're talking intentional living here, Viola, and, and here's the reality. We pay for this stuff in our marriage. When we miss the love language of our spouse and we're not intentional in trying to speak the language that's important to them, we're going to pay for it, right? Do I get an amen from the, the crowd there? Amen. Uh, we pay for this. We pay for it in lots of ways in marriage. Uh, and I think what we hear Viola saying is, in some ways, your husband's probably paying for this in ways that you wish he didn't have to. Right. Yeah? and Because that, that's just part of the human condition. And so, I, I'm going to be real practical with you. Get the book out, The Five Love Languages. Do you think your husband would be willing to sit down and just read it together? You guys just make it a kind of a marriage thing to read it through, talk about it, and really understand what his love language is and talk a little more about yours. And let him know how you feel about this. Sometimes, listen, some of us as guys, we're a little thick. We've got to get it through our head. Yes. Well, we read it together. We studied it together because it was part of a a study that we went to. And so, you know, I'm just kind of surprised. And I know men and women are different, but... um, Yeah, but you're more than surprised. You're hurt. I'm hurt, yes. Have you ever said that to him? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, because it makes you feel, you know, not valued. Mm, yeah, it does. And it, it can cut both ways. I mean, it cuts men to women, women to men in marriage. And we hurt each other in lots of ways we don't even realize. But expectations uh, is one of the things we have to deal with because the disappointment, we've got to figure out how to get over that disappointment that we have. And I've seen people do some stupid stuff trying to get over disappointment. You know, blowing up a family, blowing up a marriage, blowing up a relationship when maybe it should have been, uh, hey, can we talk and try to clarify what's going on? All right, let's get to our calls here. Expectations, Patricia in New Mexico. Hi there. Appreciate your call today. How are Hi. you? Hi. I'm I'm surviving, Dr. Randy. I've listened to you for years, and I think this is the first call I've ever made to you. Well, I'll make it. I'll try to summarize really quickly. Um, I ran a strong campaign for our school board. Uh, we are a city that is very liberal, progressive, and. I had volunteers that, Randy, they donated their money, their time, their love, their hearts. And, you know, I was bashed in every which way, and I took it like a champ. I walked with integrity. But today, I'm really angry, really angry. And I'm angry at what 
our kids that are going to be left behind and affected by me not getting on this school board. I'm affected and angry because of my supporters that were so convinced that I was going to win. And, you know, the Lord kind of um, softened me about two weeks ago to say, what if? You know, and I said, you know, even if I don't win this election, the road that we have uh, walked on to create transparency, talk to parents, and, you know, it's a movement that is very, very alarming, mm. Randy, and I won't go into it, but uh, it was really difficult, and um, I I thought I was doing really well, but uh, I'm not, I'm not. But Patricia, listen, you, you just gave the answer to yourself that you're not there yet. I mean, you're talking about just hours into this disappointment. I'm sure when you heard me start the show today, it was like, wow, talk about disappointment. Yes. I mean, you're right on the, uh, yes. yeah, just hours <laughs> yeah. coming out of this uh, election that you ran for, people invested into, and you felt that, hey, your message was viable, not only viable, but change, it would be a positive change and a help. Uh, but you answered it. And you answered it by saying, hey, I've made a difference already just by running. I've made a difference by this community of people that we've gotten together that I'm not going to give up on continuing to communicate the truth and who knows, maybe run again or whatever. But the fact that you're angry and disappointed today, it's just, and I think that's reality. I think anybody in your situation would feel that way um, because you, you ran because you wanted to make a difference and it didn't, it didn't uh, turn out that way that, that everybody agreed with that. But you did make a difference, Patricia. And I think as you go through the, the days ahead here, that, that anger can be used because, you know, the Bible says to be angry, but don't sin. And I think that anger you're feeling could be used in a positive way to continue to progress what you feel God's leading you to do for your community. Ah, okay. That makes sense? It does, Randy, but I get kind of um, negative in that I'm not going to ever get anywhere because of the power that is behind the control. Yeah, no, I understand. And, yeah. But then yeah. you know what, and I, and I don't want to trivialize what you've experienced, but the fact is you now have some influence, you have your name recognition, you have an opportunity to continue to do what God's calling you to do. And I think for any of us that get into a place of disappointment that can become anger, you've been disappointed with your kids, that can be create anger in your life. You run for a political office like uh, uh, Patricia, and by the way, thank you for standing up in the community at the school board. I've always said the school board members are more important sometimes than the people in the national office because you're making a difference right there in your community. Uh, but God bless you. But disappointment can come in lots of forms, but we can't allow the anger that we feel through disappointment to turn to sin in our life. I know I know that I don't hear that from you, but some people, they do. They, they, they allow that anger to become sin in their lives. And when Paul says to us, be angry, but do not sin, he's reminding us that Emotions are given to us for a reason. They're powerful, but we can't allow them to overtake our life in a negative way. So, Patricia, thank you for your service. Thanks for what you're doing. I know a lot of people will be praying for you. Just keep doing what you're doing and see what God has for you. Thank you, Randy. And thank th you so much. And thank you for your service. You have every reason to feel exhausted and tired, and I probably everybody who, who lost an election yesterday is feeling that way. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. We're talking about expectations, by the way, in life. Patricia had a big one. She expected to win. Maybe the polls show she's going to win. She did. What do you do with what? Do, how do you overcome disappointment in your life? 
to bring glory to God and benefit to those that you love. And it, it may not be in a political way, but it could be in that family, that marriage, your finance, your work, whatever. We're going to get to Gary in a moment. And uh, we got others on the line we're going to get to in Tennessee and Michigan um, as you join us as well. 888 This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. And we are right back. Thank you, Kurt. Here in Intentional Living Center, let's go to the calls. Gary in Tennessee. Hi there, hi there hey, Gary. Thank you for taking my call and for your program. Thank you. Uh, I hope this isn't the Christianese answer that you didn't want to hear. But uh, uh, And by the way, just for a frame of reference, we recently celebrated our 49th. So, Congratulations. Uh, went, well, thank you. Um, she deserves uh, over 50% of the credit, <laughs> and I won't tell you how far over. Um, Anyway, uh, the first thing I do is apply the golden rule, as uh, Jesus gave us in Matthew seven twelve, one of the 20 or so places it appears in the Bible, uh, that it satisfies all of the law and the prophets by just doing to others as you would have them do to you. So mm-hmm. my first step is to look in the mirror and say, am I meeting her expectations mm-hmm. the way I want her to meet mine? Wow. And frequently that uh, humbles my expectations, uh, puts a frame of reference on hers, and, and kind of leads towards a, uh, a more amenable uh, feelings about it. Uh, but then after that filter, after that screening, whatever you want to call it, if I still think that I need to deal with it, I try to deal with it with questions instead of criticism or, or accusations. Yeah, there's no Christianese there. That That's really practical stuff. What I mean by Christianese is sometimes we just, you know, we say, and I understand, listen, I'm a believer, we're followers in Christ, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, but come on, we all know we can say things in our little buzzwords that we use in our in our own church, in our own community, that there's something deeper going on. And what you're saying, Gary, is look, what you just said is profound. I want to, I want to treat my wife how I expect her to treat me. Um, doing unto others as you would expect them to do unto you. And as Paul says, don't think only of your own interest, but also the interest of others. Now, how does your wife, Gary, tell me, how does your wife respond to that? Um, We usually get where we need to be. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Then you know what? When we talk and we communicate, that's why you got 49 years and you got, you got a lot going there to hit the 50 mark. And, uh, that's good. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go. Let me see here. Let me go to uh, Lolita's on the line. Hi there, Lolita. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you this uh, afternoon? Doing doing well. Thank you for your call. Yes. What uh, what what do you what do you want to say about this thing of expectations? Well, you know, I was telling um, the gentleman who. Um, took my information. Mm-hmm. Um, I was letting him know that my husband was murdered last year, oh, September. Sorry. And, um, you know, I, I was okay. And I'm still okay. But financially, after everything was, you know, taken care of and, you know, the bills were taken care of at that time, reality hit yeah. where I really had to become the only 
source of income. And um, it just, it was kind of devastating. Anger? Because I depended, yes. What do you do with that anger? I internalized it. And how has that impacted you? It has made me, excuse me, it has made me just a little bit bitter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm kind of still angry at him for leaving. Yeah. But at the same time, I have to be realistic, realistic, because I believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I know he is my source, but, you know, in, in the thick of it, I lost that. And I depended on, you know, me, I depended on me instead of depending on God and saying, Lord, you know what I have need of. And it kind of, it, what is the word? It clouded my judgment. And I was mad at people who, you know, just walked away from me. I'm sitting here alone. And it, it made me bitter. Mm-hmm. And what have you done with and that, the bitterness? I'm, God is healing me. That's He's good. healing me. You know, so, you know, I still have to make sure the home is taken care of. Yeah. You have some, you have support you know, for yourself. You have some people that you trust now. I have, I have social security to support me and I'm not trying to tell everything, but it pays my rent. Do you have family? You know, Do you have any friends supporting you no, in church? They, or? No. Are you in a church? I'm in a church. Well, listen, we need to be in a church where we get support. I heard, my, I heard our pastor the other day. Um, the church my wife and I are members of growing, vital, families coming in, uh, dozens of new members. Why? Uh, great, great teaching, great music, can't get a parking place. But I'll tell you what, that's not the reason. What the reason is, is when I hear our pastor, Craig, say from the pulpit, if you're in trouble, we're standing with you. If there's an issue, we're here for you. Now, I know the church can't meet all of our needs, but we need to be in a place where we get support. And uh, Lolita, I'd say, I'd say to you, you know, your emotions, what you're experiencing, I'm sure there's a lot more to that story, um, are just legitimate. I mean, your husband's gone, you're angry at him, you're angry probably at the system, you're angry at whatever happened, how that happened. Um, can, can I encourage you to take, well, what you're finding out is who you can trust and who you can't. Yes, sir. I would yes, really sir. encourage you, Lolita, I'm going to pray with you in a moment, but I really would encourage you to get plugged into the, the people who can help you. There are people there in your community in Michigan that will come alongside of you. There are churches, there are people that will love on you, encourage you, stand with you, and help you through this. There's no reason for us to have to stand alone. Um, we need each other. And as a Christian community, if you're not finding it where you are, you need to find it somewhere. And maybe the first step is to go to your pastor and say, I need some help. I need some support. And and I, I know that's humbling for us to do that, isn't it? It wouldn't be easy for me. I'd like to fix problems myself. But when you get to a place to realize, hey, I really do need uh, this community. 
Lord, I do pray for Lolita, for her family, for emotions, for disappointment, for the anger, for the bitterness, all this stuff that Satan would love to camp in and and uh, continue to see build in her life. Pray for victory, for peace, for freedom for her. And uh, that she can find those resources that are available right there in her community of Christian brothers and sisters and a community of believers that will stand with her and support her, maybe even in her own church, just having the need to express the honestly what she's facing. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Huh. All right. We're talking intentional living today. We hit a nerve on this, didn't we? We're talking expectations. The lines have been busy. So much so, I tell you what, we're going to continue this discussion for the next half hour. We're going to record your calls. I want to talk to you, try to get as many of you on the phone as we can. Um, how have you dealt with disappointment? You know, I, we start. if you just joined us, we started the show by talking about this topic of uh, an expectation. And I was referencing the fact that I, I spent time at my conference in Albuquerque this last weekend talking about expectations, communication, when we talk about habits. And that expectation is the first thing. Uh, an expectation that's not met always creates a level of disappointment, discouragement, disillusionment, especially in marriages. And the verse that goes along with that is Proverbs thirteen twelve that a hope that's deferred or an expectation that gets deferred makes the heart sick. What a word picture. And so if you feel like you got a sick heart, ask yourself, what, what, is not, what expectation is not being met in my life? And it's going to create disappointment, but disappointment, as we've heard, can turn into anger and resentment and bitterness and all sorts of things. And we, we, we need to be proactive in terms of dealing with expectations. Here, here's the point. I'm going to talk more about this on the, the, the show we're going to record. You can either, that formula, expectation minus reality equals disappointment. Remember back in school when you were learning these equations? You can either change one of those variables, you can either change expectations, or you can change reality. And that's really the two options. Do you change expectations? Do you adjust expectations? Sometimes yes, sometimes you can't. Or do you change reality? In other words, you confront whatever the issue is, and in the process, lower that level of disappointment. Now, remember, we're never going to have all of our expectations met, so we have to learn how to deal with with disappointment, because it, it occurs. And occurs every day in our lives. Okay. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. It looks like we have just uh, about a minute left, right? Uh, we're going to stay here in the studio. The phone line is open. The question is this. How have you been intentional to keep moving forward after disappointment in your life? 888-888-1717 is my number. This is Intentional Living. I want to say a huge thanks to those of you who are supporting the ministry. We didn't even take the break, I think, to talk about that. I just want to say thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. We are here only because of that. That's the only reason we can do this. We don't borrow money to be on the air. We don't, you know, we bring what comes in, goes back out to help us with our, you know, with our equipment and our staff and the, the uh, podcast development and technology and satellite and all the things we do. So I thank you for joining us. And we're here to help you deal with the reality of life with less regret, more freedom and peace. That's intentional living. You can call right now, 888-888-1717, 888-888-1717. 
And I'll be back again tomorrow with the team right here from Intentional Living. We'll see you then.